You're listening to the Hamilton Today podcast from 900 CHML. She taught me a word from her mother tongue. Ayuinata. Ayuinata. She said the meaning of this word is don't give up. Don't give up. Stay strong against all odds. And so shall it be. Are you in Ata, Canada? Are you in Ata, Ukraine? Slava Ukraini! That is Ukrainian President uh, Zelensky entered the chamber of the House of Commerce today to give our House of uh, House of Commons, sorry, House of Commons today to give his historic address to Canadians. Met with a minute long, a minute long standing ovation. It was quite emotional, and uh, Canada pledging another six hundred fifty million dollars in new funding to support Ukraine over three years. Uh, Arl Brown is with us now, Professor of International Relations, senior member of the Monk School of Global Affairs at the University of Toronto, and with us now, Arl. Thank you for the time hope you're well thank you why the Zelensky tour right now is this a sign that perhaps interest in this war is waning people are becoming fatigued it is one of the issues when we look at the visit by President Zelensky to the United States he had a difficult time with some of the Republicans because they are questioning whether there should be that level of aid continuing that the United States has been providing and in many ways that it itself has not been exactly adequate for the needs of Ukraine. We also see in Europe that there are more questions being asked. There's a dispute right now, very needless dispute, over grain sales between Ukraine and Poland that is endangering the transfer of uh, weapons from Poland uh, to Ukraine. There's an election coming up in Slovakia where Robert Fico, a former prime minister, basically is very pro-Russian, and has suggested that he would cut off military aid to Ukraine. So when there is a friendly relationship at the level that Ukraine has with Canada, it was very important both symbolically and substantively to try to build on that relationship. And this is why we see uh, President Zelensky addressing Parliament in a very powerful, very moving way. Obviously, this war has gone on longer than anyone thought, especially Russia. Uh, been at this for a while, doing a lot of the same thing, it appears, more of the same. What's it going to take for a victory here? Because it seems at times we're just delaying the agony. What is it going to take to push this over the top and get a victory for Ukraine? Well, this has been indeed one of the issues uh, with some people who have been saying, well, are we just delaying the agony? There should be some kind of imposed settlement. Uh, of course, the problem with that is that uh, you can't impose a settlement if Russia doesn't go along with it. And there's no indication mm-hmm. that Russia would settle for anything less than the utter destruction of Ukraine, its government, and the subjugation of its people. And that would be the first step in uh, Russia's aggressive ambitions. So I think uh, it's not possible to negotiate with ourselves. And Russia is not prepared to indicate any kind of realistic uh, solution. So in that sense, uh, many have concluded that there is no substitute for victory. But victory is very difficult to achieve because Russia has had more than a decade to arm itself uh, very heavily. And this occurred just when the West had been busy disarming. Russia has uh, three times the population of Ukraine. 
they've had the advantage that uh, when they invaded, Ukraine was not fully prepared. And then when Ukraine was engaging in a very successful offensive, a very rapid move uh, last uh, year in September uh, and beginning of October, then the West was really reluctant to provide Ukraine with the kind of heavy armaments that could have uh, uh, sustained the momentum. Instead, much of the momentum was lost. Russia has had a chance to build very powerful defenses. And now, ironically, some people are saying, well, why isn't Ukraine doing more? Well, partly because we haven't done more. But mm. Ukraine is making progress. And when we talk about the fact that this war has been taking a long time, it is terrible on the people, in terms of the people of Ukraine. It is really uh, a loss also for Russia, for that matter. But in another way, this is also a positive element because it shows that Russia has not succeeded, that Russia, in fact, is failing. History and time is not on Russia's side, so there's a lot more we can do. And during this visit, as uh, was pointed out at the beginning of this program, Canada decided to give uh, uh, or at least commit to another $650 million. All this sounds really positive, but I'm wondering in terms of the actual needs of Ukraine, how far are we in Canada doing? Are we doing enough? And when I look at comparisons, between what Canada is doing and what some other countries are doing, then the extremely supportive rhetoric that uh, we use and the tremendous gratitude that Ukraine rightly is showing us also camouflages the fact that we are significantly behind some other countries in terms of what we have done to help Ukraine. It seems at times we're waiting for something to happen to Putin, whether it's domestically he gets ousted or there's a coup of some sort or or, or what have you. Is that a strategy? It's very reactive and it basically uh, a gamble. Um, you know, if we're going to be successful, we can't count on that. We have to have Ukraine succeed on the ground. And they are engaging in a significant offensive operation, which has been slow given uh, what we just talked about, but it is making progress. And when we look at the total commitments, uh, Canada uh, has committed uh, something like 1.8 billion. And I'm looking at the figures put out by the uh, Kiel Institute for the World Economy because they have probably the best figures on the aid committed to Ukraine. When we look at the military aid in US dollars, Canada has committed before this latest amount, $1.8 billion, um, and a total of uh, about eight and a half billion in US terms. But if you look at the total commitment, we are not only way behind the United States, which of course we can't match, or Germany, which has a larger economy, and UK that has a larger economy, but our total aid is less than that of Norway, a small country. When you look at what we have committed militarily, we are not only behind the big states like US, Germany, and UK, but our military commitment to Ukraine is less than half that of Norway's. It is about half of that of Denmark. It is about 65% that of the Netherlands. So we're behind on uh, at that level uh, compared to small countries like Norway, Denmark, and Netherlands, which have much smaller economies than we have. And so it begs the question, 
if we want to see success, what are we doing to contribute to that success in Ukraine? Is the West as strong as it needs to be? We're hearing, obviously, issues with India, obviously the interference issues with China and such. Um, You know, we're hearing lots of chatter about the world order changing. Are we keeping up? We certainly have the potential to keep up because we have uh, the most modern, most vibrant, most resilient uh, economies. And if you look at our capacity, you look, you know, at Canada's GDP, we're a G7. You look at the the Europeans, uh, even though we are encountering all sorts of uh, economic issues, every country does, uh, we are not living up to our potential. I mean, we in Canada, we're not even spending the 2% guideline on the military. Our military is in a really sorry state. We have a great deal of uh, difficulty uh, guarding our uh, north, where the Russians are increasingly trying to take advantage of the Northern Sea Route, cooperating with China. So we have the capacity to do more, but uh, we need to have the political will to do so. And that's where the danger is, not uh, the uh, potential, but that uh, decision, because it is difficult to shift spending away from all sorts of social goods, which mm-hmm. we would all like to support, whether it's education, healthcare, housing. But if we are not able to protect ourselves, then uh, those other goals will be very difficult to fulfill. And Russia and China have very aggressive ambitions. And many, I heard one pundit call uh, the military an insurance policy, which is an interesting way of looking at it as well. Arl Brown with us, Professor of International Relations, Senior Member of the Monk School of Global Affairs at the University of Toronto. Uh, Ukrainian President Zelensky speaking to the House of Commons today, a very historic address to Canadians and a long ovation. Arl, as always, thanks so much for the time. Be well. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Hamilton Today podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 on 900 CHML and online at 900CHML.com.